James chapter 4, verse 11. Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow we're going to go to a certain town and we'll stay there. A year we'll do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your plans and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. That's the conclusion It is sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. So I have a problem. I I guess I'm confessing this morning, although in the first service I confessed it but said I probably didn't think I was going to do anything about it, so I'm not sure it's a total genuine confession. Um, I am a joker. That's just a confession. I, uh, um, and as a result, um, it was just a few days ago um, that one of my employees told me, uh, reminded me of an encounter that we'd had, and she had no idea whether I was serious or joking. Um, as I've... Um, used this gift of joking, um, I realize that at times it's left people that are observing not have any, any clue of what's going on, and sometimes horrified when they thought on the spot that I fired somebody, or that I cut their wages in half, or charged them $15 for a $3 mocha. Um, but unfortunately, what ends up happening um, and it's happened in my life is people often don't know whether I'm joking or whether I'm serious. Um, And so um, if I were to tell one of them, they were to come in and they see a computer on the desk and I say, throw that in the garbage, they wouldn't know whether they should throw it in the garbage or whether I'm just joking, and uh, they shouldn't. Um, Serious request, serious command, just kidding. That's the question, if you're in a relationship with me very long. The interesting thing is, though, you know, kind of shifting, is that you know, God has given us a lot of commands. And when God gives commands, he, he's not joking. I mean, we know he's very clear what he asks us, what he tells us to do. And yet the interesting thing is so often what God tells us to do in his word, even though it's very clear, we almost respond ourselves in the same way. Is it, is he joking? Is he kidding? Is, is it a suggestion? 
You know, is it the 10 options, 10 suggestions? Who almost ended early there. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you treat God's commands? I want you to think about a question, and I'm going to come to it at the end, but it's really at the heart of what, what I want you to think about this morning. Does your disobedience distance you from God? Is, you, is your disobedience causing you to be distant from God? Because, see, God has given us his commands to live. I'm the... Uh, Listen to what Moses started. This way back in Deuteronomy. This, this is kind of at the heart of God's teaching regarding obedience. Listen to this. In, in Deuteronomy 30, 19, Moses said, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, by obeying him, by committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And, and that's at the heart of, as we're going to look at James here, it's the heart of what is so important for us to get because so often we, we think of obedience. Uh, I remember years back, one of our friends used to call it the O word, the O word. I mean, because it seems so ominous, obedience, and, and so oppressive, like, like it's just a bunch of stuff we have to do where the biblical teaching is that obedience is life. It's, obedience is what brings us into intimacy with God and, and, and relationship with God. It's almost, I was thinking about this as I was sitting there and Curtis and Tiffany were here, and at the end of their vows, um, there was a phrase that I loved. It's the first time I've used it, and they wrote it. They said, at they came to the end of their vows, they said, this is my solemn vow. I love that. It just, it ends it on this serious, this is my solemn vow. I mean, what do you think it would have been like if they would have ended by saying, this is my solemn suggestion? Which... <laughs> doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Hopefully that's not what you meant. No, <laughs> this is my solemn vow. But look, in saying this is my solemn vow, they didn't mean, and I'm dreading the thought of this. No, as they were making those solemn vows to each other, they were thinking life. They were thinking love. They were thinking excitement about serving and submitting one another in that way, obeying one another in that way. They were thinking life, and that is what God's commands are. And we've got to get that in our thinking, that God's commands are life. That's what we see in the book of James. I mean, the reason he wrote it um, was to help us to see that walking with Jesus is what we've been called to do, not just talking about it. Not just saying we love him, but, but obeying him. Just a little brief review from verses that we've seen in the last few weeks. In, in James 1.22, James says, Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. James 2.1, he says, How can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? 
James 2.26, to the point, he says, faith is dead without good works. James 3.10, blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. He says, my brothers and sisters, that's not right. And in James 4.4, he says, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. You've got to choose. You can't be a friend of of the world and enemy of God. Which brings us from what we read here this morning in James 4.17 to his, his conclusion where he says, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. That's a pretty sobering phrase. It's sin to know what we ought to do and not to do it. And so as we come into uh, this passage here, what James is wanting us to get, the point is that we need to take obedience seriously. God wants us to take obedience seriously, and the reason is, is because it's our life. It's our life. Um, and so the way he does it, as we come into, into James 4, 11 through 17, is he focuses on the two most important commands that God wants us to obey. And just to remind us of those, in Mark chapter 4, verse 12, it tells us what they are. Mark 12, verse 28, it says, one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to a debate between Jesus and religious leaders, and he realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked Jesus, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. That's the most important commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. It seems pretty simple, doesn't it? Love God and love your neighbor. That's, it says the whole law is summed up by those two commandments. Love God, love your neighbor. And as we come to James chapter 4 here, what we're going to see is he's saying what that means is always take God into consideration and always talk nice about your neighbor. That's what we're going to see here. And that's what it means. Always take God into consideration and always talk nice about others. So, so the question is this morning, how are we doing? How are we doing with that? Um, let's start with the first one. I'm going to read again. Look at verse 11. James says, Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you're criticizing and judging God's law. That's interesting. Do you ever think about it that way? that we judge or criticize someone, we're judging and criticizing God's law. He says, your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you or not. And that's often what we do, isn't it? We say, justified to call that person a jerk, right? <laughs> I mean, and, and we rationalize and we justify. And so what we're doing is we're judging the law instead of obeying it. Verse 12, it says, God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. 
So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? It's so easy, isn't it, to talk about each other? Um, in case you're feeling a little pious, let me give you some suggestions. Um, did you see her hair? <laughs> yeah. Um, can you believe that he's with her? Ever thought or said anything like that? He is such a jerk. Uh, she can't carry a tune in a bucket. <laughs> it's like, um, or you look at you look at some people and you say, "Boy, they they've got problems." Like you don't, like we don't, or they're horrible parents. It's usually single people that say that. <laughs> it's kind of. Kind of like a, a thing I read one time, which was great. You know, when you're when you're not a parent yet, you're ready to write a book on you know the Ten Commands of what it means to be a good parent. And well, after you've been a parent for a little while, then it's like um, 25 suggestions on you know what might work. And then after you've been a parent for a while, you got then it's like just. A blank book, write in what you want. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the, um, um, she's a brat. Or he needs to adjust his attitude. It's always somebody with an attitude that says that. You know? <laughs> and, and we could go on and on and on, right? In the way we... But notice, James is pretty... Clear here. When we do these things, it says, instead of obeying God's law to love our neighbor, that's God's law, we are actually criticizing and judging God's law. It, it says, literally, we're questioning God's judgment. When God says to love our neighbor, we're, by criticizing and judging our neighbor or evaluating or critiquing what we're doing, we're we're questioning when God says love them, we're saying, but God, you don't know them. <laughs> and we're questioning and judging God We're instead of obeying God. God says that our job is to love our neighbor, to talk nice about them, but instead we think we know better, right? <laughs> because we know them better than God knows them. Or maybe the problem is we don't think at all. We just have this habit of criticizing and judging you know, the question is, when we come, is it, is it that big a deal? Well, James thinks so, because, and I want us to get this, this is so key. When, when we criticize Dave or Joe or John or Daniel or Harry, I don't, I'm not picking anybody out in particular. The, when when we, we aren't just criticizing them, that's what it's saying. We're criticizing God. That makes it really heavy. This second command that God has given us to love our neighbor as ourself, to, to talk nicely, this is one of the aspects, to talk nicely about other people. God says when we don't, when we're criticizing and condemning and judging them, we're actually doing it to God. We think we're making some kind of justified comment about someone else, but God says we're really commenting about him. 
That's heavy. And it totally puts our conversation about other people, our comments and our criticisms on another whole, another whole plane. Because we're questioning God's judgment when he tells us to love and we think it's better to judge. Wow. But, and the result is instead of then enjoying life, walking in fellowship with God, we're separated from him because of our disobedience, because of our choosing to critique and criticize and judge instead of love. And we wonder why God is distant, and we wonder why we're distant from God, and it doesn't dawn on us that it might have to do with the way we're talking about other people disobeying God's command. Remember, it says, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. We know God says, love our neighbor, but we just can't help criticizing them. And James says it's sin, and, it's, and that sin separates us from God. Do we, do we see that? It's, if we're distant from God, it's because of our disobedience. And that, that disobedience, so, so often we think is that obedience that we think is, is so hard is, is what God offers for life and relationship with him. So then he goes on in verse 13 to the, the greatest commandment. He says, look here, you who say today or tomorrow, we're going to go to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We'll do business. We'll make a profit. And he says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. And boy, I tell you, this struck home to me this, this week, three days ago, when I got an email from one of our board members uh, saying she wasn't going to be at the board meeting this week because her husband unexpectedly died. Just like that. That's our lives. We don't know if today is going to be our last day on the face of the earth. Our lives are like the morning fog. And so what we ought to say in verse 15 is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your plans and all such boasting is evil. I think, I think one of the easiest things for us to, to say is, I, I love God. Because so often we can reduce it to, to, to feelings um, or, um, or something that's happened in the past. And so often, though, it's separated from life. When we say, I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, what does that mean? Is it separated from life or does it impact life? A couple of questions. Do we consider God in how we spend our money. This, this past week, in decisions that you made regarding your money, and the Bible says that it's all God's and we're just stewards of what he's given us. Did you consider him in how you spent your money? Did you consider him in how you spent your time, in what you watched, in the friends you hung out with, in the places that you went? As you think about the future, your future plans is God a consideration or do you go through life just planning and acting and doing 
as if God didn't really exist. Notice it says, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. The obedient life is the life that considers God in everything we do. When we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, that means that in everything we do, we consider him because he's our God and he's good and we need his wisdom and we need his direction, we need his leadership, we need his power. And, I, and yet I think so often for us, the thought of such a life for us has become the thought of something that's oppressive or offensive because we don't see that obedience leads to what? Life, life. God's response in these verses is you're boasting about your own plans and all such boasting is evil. What does he mean? He's saying that living our lives without considering God, whether it's how we spend our money, our time, or our planning for the future, it's just plain arrogant. That's what he's saying. It's, it's us saying, and it's, it's us really saying, although we wouldn't want to say it, it's us saying, God, I don't need you this time. I, I can figure this out on my own. Uh, I don't really need your opinion. I, I think I got it uh, without you. And then we wonder, why is God distant? <laughs> why am I not enjoying and experiencing God And the answer is our disobedience. We say that we love God, but our lives speak otherwise. And and God then becomes almost for us like a rabbit's foot, you know, (laughs) Um, or like a vending machine, someone that if we're really in desperate need, we can put in a prayer and, and we'll get out his help as opposed to a God that we love with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength because we, we need him. And now we can't live, really live, without him. We know that God says, love the Lord your God, but we really find that life is easier to live without him unless we think we need him. And God says, it's sin. So just to kind of summarize things here, um, it's a serious passage. And what James is simply saying is, take obedience seriously. And the way he says this, take obedience seriously by considering God in everything. Always taking God into consideration. Whether it's a business decision or raising kids or a future plans or how do I spend my... Loving the Lord, our God, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, meaning always taking God into consideration. Always. We need him to live. And always talking nice about other people. Um, why? And I think we can ask why because so often I think it's like, Dave, if, if you just understood my, my past pain and my present problems and my uncertain future and everything I'm facing, you would just tell me that Jesus loves me and make me feel good, and remind me. And those are, it's important that we're reminded that Jesus loves us, and, and we're his, and, and we're good. But the way to experience his love and, and live in his love is through obedience. 
Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. And could it be that, that our past pain, our present problems, and, and our uncertainty about the future, and our ability to face all those and deal with all those is because we're living in this unreal, emotional kind of relationship with God instead of this obedient relationship with God. And so our disobedience has led to a distance and us not experiencing life and dealing with that past pain and those present problems and that future uncertainty because we're walking in obedience with the God of the universe that can handle all those things. Let's pray. God, you have given us, it says in your word, everything that has to do with life and godliness. You have given us everything. You've given us precious promises. You've given us the power of your Holy Spirit. Jesus, you went to the cross and paid the penalty of our sins. You've broken the power of death. You've provided everything that we need. God, help us to be people that depend, that obey, that walk in such relationship with you to enjoy and experience the life that you have for us. Thank you. Amen.